With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome on back to the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Ant Wright, analyst here at the Wolverine and on three high school, college basketball. You, you know him on Twitter at it's Ant Wright. He's all over the place, all hours of the day, evidently. Uh, up last <laughs> night talking college basketball. Uh, with with the folks there interacting, so you know him there. Also, former Michigan basketball player, of course. Uh, so it'll be good to get his insight as we do regularly here on the podcast. And and let's let's start with the game the other day against Rutgers. One of four straight home games for Michigan before they go to Ohio State to end the season. But mm-hmm. um, you're with Phil Martelli as your head coach. You have no Musa Diabate, no Terrence Williams. Rutgers is a team that was hot. I know they had lost to Purdue coming in, but they had four straight wins against quality opponents before that, after you know basically resurrecting their season. Much-needed win, I think, for Michigan. Do you feel like something like what happened with Jawan Howard, as weird as it sounds, and not having your head coach could galvanize a team, and is that maybe part of what you saw on, on Wednesday night? Um. I did see a focus. I saw a focus. Um, I saw that the guys were playing hard, um, but the but like the first half, I felt like they were just waiting, waiting to get punched in the mouth. Kind of, it felt a lot like the Ohio State game for a bit there. It did, where both teams were kind of just like testing each other out for a while. And I feel like in the second half, um, I felt whoever made the first punch was going to win, win the game. And that was Michigan. Uh, Michigan could never could never get it from like it was always between six and two. It was always a one to two possession game for the longest time. And I was like, like they gotta they gotta break this. Like they either gotta break six or Rutgers was was gonna take the lead. And I thought whoever did that first was going to win. Uh, and um, and Michigan was up five with the ball, and I believe they hit a two. And then all of a sudden you see them get to like nine and then 11 and then 13. And then now they call timeout. Now you feel that Michigan is in a nice spot for the rest of the, uh, the rest of the uh, game. And, and that's just how important runs are. And um, I, I don't think it's like a rah-rah thing around, around the coach. Like you're not thinking about that, but you do have a sense of focus that you can come into the game with. And uh, I think all the guys had that for sure. Yeah, and Phil Martelli said he's a little bit worried about having that initial spark and then, you know, things potentially dying down and, you know, kind of having a letdown. So they're trying to guard against that. I think it's good that they're recognizing that's a a distinct possibility. Um, But I think they're going to be up for Illinois, for sure. That is a game, and finally Michigan at full strength for that game uh, that I think they're going to be excited for. We'll talk about the Illini in a second. But you, you mentioned that. So, you know, it was kind of like the Ohio State game where it was tight. Michigan kind of had the lead, but they couldn't kind of – and they've been not great at this all season, like stepping on a team's throat and really taking advantage of when another team's not playing particularly well. Um, then they did that. You know, Caleb Houston hits the back-to-back threes to bring it out to six when it was tied up. Michigan never trailed from that point on. Later in the first half, midway through, Kobe Bufkin 
finally hits a three. Uh, and that brought it out to 10, I believe at that point. So you got some big contributions. I want to ask you about Kobe in a second, but Caleb Houston, he's shooting over 46% from three now at home, which is crazy. 28% on the road. Um, did you play with anybody that, that kind of had that type of thing? I mean, and what's the difference? You know, I know you're more comfortable. These are the rims. These are the sight lines that you're getting at home. Um, you know, it's a friendly crowd and things like that. But I guess just take me through how big of a difference that is shooting at home versus the road, especially in, in a place like the Big Ten where those road environments are super tough. You know, some guys are weird. Um, hold on. <coughs> some guys are weird. Because um, as soon as you said, like, the home and away thing, I, I never had a teammate that did the home and away thing like that. It was flipped. I, I remember Lavelle Lucas Perry um, I believe he was like 17% at home, but then on the road, he was like in the 40s. And Coach Beeline would just be so irritated about that. Oh, I, I'm sure he would hate that. <laughs> I remember he missed an open three at home, and then he's just like walking down the, the sideline. Let he's just like that mother effer shoots 17% at home, 40% on the road. I don't understand, it doesn't make any sense. He's just so mad about it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just, uh, you know, if you have a good feel for the ball, the lighting, um, just the, the background depth, I mean, that, like, like that, that does, a that does you wonders. Like wherever we play with a Nike ball, I shot the ball well. Um, if there was like a, like a, not like a Adidas, like a, like an off brand basketball, like. Like it was a, it was a, it was a, like a, it was like a coin flip, you know what I mean? But um, some basketballs feel better than others. I love the Spalding T1000, TF1000, I believe it's called. That's the, the best basketball there is. Then the Nike Elite, it's right there behind it. Um, what about a Wilson, Wilson Evolution? If you have, if you have baby hands, you love the Wilson Evolution. I love a Wilson Evolution. My hands are average, very average size. <laughs> very average. It's like I have like you know big hands, so like yeah. I don't need that extra squishy grip. It's just just it's just all bad. It's like I'm shooting uh, like I'm shooting one of one of those uh, stress balls, you know, you know, because like yeah, um, like they're like they feel okay growing up, but like once like once 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 you shoot with like the more firm basketballs, like it's very hard to do a. Go back. You you like shoot the ball and the ball's like squishing on the rim. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But uh um I uh it it, it all depends on the person, you know. Like my thing was the Nike basketball. For him, it just could be the lighting and how he likes Chrysler and he's just not adapting to how it is in uh, a court for the for the first time he's going to um so yeah like it's i don't know i don't know it's just a mental thing at that point especially yeah. if, it, if it like comes to light like you're on the road you're like oh i'm shooting 27 percent. oh man gotta be super focused now you're not just doing your routine stuff you know right yeah i i wonder i wonder if he's totally aware of that i mean i'm sure he's kind of known that he's been been better at home but now i feel like it's after the going you know hitting five that really brings it up and then and then now it's kind of a thing i feel like people have been 
talking about over the last couple of days. So that it's interesting. But yeah. um, and then I wanted to ask you about Kobe Bufkin because he played 20, 20 or twenty one minutes the other night. He you know scored five points only, but I mean five for Michigan from the bench is like ten for any other team yeah. because they don't get that. So if you can get five from from one guy that really hasn't been contributing a ton on the offensive end. That's huge. Um, but it wasn't just the, the two shots he made. You know, he had a nice drive and layup. He had the three that we talked about, kind of pull up three with, I think, 24 seconds left on the shot yeah. clock where you're thinking, okay. And, and Martelli said he thought it was a good shot. Um, but he was playing good defense, I thought. He was not trying to do too much on offense. We've seen him and Frankie, I feel like, at times try to force the issue a little bit too much. It's like when nothing's there, just just pass it back out or swing the ball. Uh, and he was kind of doing that, and they needed that in that game. When you have no Musa, no Terrence, the rotation was weird. They were going small, which I, I didn't hate, and I, I know that's something we've talked about on this pod where Caleb at the four. Um, what have you seen from Kobe? Because it's kind of a trend the last three, four games, I feel like, for him that he's not necessarily hitting all these shots, and they need him to hit some of those open ones when he's in. Um but he's playable now on defense. He is, you know, being able to just kind of be a flow guy. I remember John Beeline talking about how Cam Chapman, you know, when he wasn't playing much, he could trust him, though, when they needed a guy to come in because he would just let the offense flow. He wouldn't try to, you know, he wouldn't stagnate anything. I feel like Kobe's turning into a guy like that. And then next year he'll take a big jump. But I guess what have you seen from Bufkin lately? Uh, his focus the last three games have been very, very good. Um, and – I talked to, to guys about this, like even this, the second half against Wisconsin, I feel that, you know, even though he was missing layups and even though he was like, you know, he didn't really shoot the ball well, like his energy and his focus, even in that second half, being able to you know drive at the right times, being able to still probe your game offensively was very good. Uh, I thought his defense on Mulcahy and against Rutgers is part of the, the reason why, Michigan won that game. Like Paul Mulcahy has been their guy in the last six games. Like they they've been beating these ranked teams because because of Paul Mulcahy. Mulcahy came in averaging like seventeen over the last six, I believe. Um, and when that happens, and you have a freshman on you, Mulcahy tried tried to post him up pretty much every time, and he was not having it. And um. And that's a big growth thing because I think earlier he was kind of unplayable because of his defense, whether it's on the ball, off the ball. In transition, he was guarding like someone who was already being guarded. Um, he's grown a lot this year, and he's playing well at the right time when the team needs him, especially when your competition left in Zeb Jackson. Um, so now that big guard spot is now yours. And now he's able to, to uh, come in at the two or the three. And if he continues to, to play well, what's going to happen is he's going to be able to get more rest for Hunter, possibly pushing Caleb down to the four because he demands more minutes and then having Musa play some at the five. Um, and if they can get by with that, um, they'll be able to have, have, you know, Hunter, finish games a lot better because he's not playing 35 minutes. He's now down to about 30, 31. And those four minutes of, of like actual play is huge when it comes to a big who has to finish with his legs and really battle down low for rebounds on both ends. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially with this stretch coming up. It's going to be four games in eight days again. 
and Michigan didn't handle that as well. I mean, they they picked up the huge win against Purdue, but then we just didn't quite see the level of energy or shot making in legs against Ohio State to cap off that first time when they had a rescheduled game in there. Hunter Dickinson during that stretch was 15 of 40 on two-pointers. Uh, and I know he was kind of dealing with something. He looks healthier now, but he had to play 39 the other night. So I think that's a great point. And now that Kobe is playable there, and, and he's been a little inconsistent, so you gotta you got to see it going forward. Um, yeah. But now that he you trust him a little bit more and you don't trust Brandon Johns, then, you know, as you said, you could go smaller and that kind of kicks Brandon's minutes down, which right now I've been a B. Johns guy for years, but he's just three turnovers in a game when you all you needed to do was just come in and play steady. Do what Buffkin did, like just just yeah. run the offense. You know, he tried going between his or behind the back or whatever and driving down the lane when yeah. he could have just swung it and just yeah. keep keep things flowing. So that's huge. I think that Kobe's stepping up and if you can get anything out of Brandon down the stretch, that'll help, too. Um, for sure. And that was huge by the staff. I mean, they yes. went to Kobe over the veteran and they didn't default to Brandon. And, you know, I think that was that's a big step in trust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was an opportunity for Kobe to show that he can handle that. And he did handle that. And I, and and that goes a long way. That goes sure. a really long way. The coaches remember that. The staff remembers that. He remembers that, too. So, like, when you know that a coaching staff trusts you, that pushes your game to an even another level, uh, possibly coming up against an Illinois team where you're going to need it because these perimeter guys, um, yes. they are like Doberman pinchers, man. They are all over you. When he talked talk, talk about Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, Grandison, like these guys love playing defense. They love interrupting and disrupting. Um, what's Kobe going to do with seven or eight seconds left on the shot clock and he's got Trent Frazier on him? Like, what are you going to do, you know? Uh, are you going to be able to um, make the right play? Are you going to be able to use your size? Are you going to be able to make the right pass? You know, go through your progression still, no matter who's guarding you. So um, I thought that was a huge mental win for Kobe more than anything else. Yeah, and the guys, as you mentioned, he's going to be playing against on Sunday. All all the their starters are fifth-year seniors other than – a junior Kofi Coburn, who, if you get past one of those fifth-year seniors, is going to be defending the rim, uh, which is going to be tough. But I've liked Kobe. Like, the way he's finished around the rim has been pretty good. Even when he struggled earlier in the year, he had a couple nice finishes, some nifty ones. Uh, He goes up pretty strong. And once I think he he gains some strength, he's going to be a big-time player for Michigan. I thought he was going to be that before the year. was a little disappointed with the way he played at the beginning, but uh, I think hopes are high for him going forward. And, and hopefully he can contribute for them at the end of this season here. Um, let's can talk, we talk about, Frankie. Yeah, let's talk about Frankie. He had put a okay, little English cool. on that layup, uh, right? That was he's nice. had a rough. He's had a rough couple weeks. Yeah. He's, had, he's yeah. had a rough couple weeks, and like he he came in dialed in in that game too. And I thought that was huge for him and yes, uh, huge for his confidence being able to. Being able to sit Devontae without worrying about the offense now no longer executing uh, was huge, was huge. And he gives you a different type of point guard as well. Devontae is more of like the old man's game and Frankie's more like the new man's game, right? And uh, other teams are going to have to adjust to that. Um, You know, I just need Frankie to understand like his athleticism, like we've seen it for a long, long time. I love the fact that he got four rebounds 
I'm like, do that all the time. He can get like, up, man. All the time. You those. can get up, man. His arm is like here on the rim, like every single time, every single time. Like, like yo, look, they're they're gonna need your help rebounding, and you can do that offensively if it's at the right time because you got to get back on D. But um, you know, there are gonna be times where like, hey, look, he gets a big tip dunk, and it it can change the whole game. Um, but I love the I love the rebounds. Uh, he had limited turnovers, I believe, um, and he pushed the ball when he should have, and slowed it up when he should have, and uh, he worked very well against that against that trap and that press when uh, Rutgers was trying to get back in it. Um, and he did a great job working alongside Eli with that. Yeah, I was. I'll be honest. I was holding my breath a little bit when he was in with Jace. At the same time, and I was holding my breath yeah. when him and Kobe were in at the same time. I was like, okay, uh, this this better work. And it did. Frankie had – he was a plus eight, which was the third highest on Michigan's team. And as you said, he was part of that stretch there when they really extended the lead midway through the second half. Devontae, I believe, only played 31 minutes, which is, we say only for this Michigan team. But that's pretty <laughs> low. I mean, I, I don't have it pulled up. But if you pulled up his uh, – he's been getting more rest than the rest of the guys. and. Martelli talked about that even before, or like that was like last week. Um, he was saying how they, the biggest thing with Devontae earlier in the year is he was tired and they were playing him and he was just gassed at times uh, because he didn't take the summer seriously enough. And, yeah. you know, now he's at this spot and he said, we're going to play him till exhaustion and then he's going to come out. And once he's ready to come back in, he's going to come back in. Um, and when he gets hit out there on the floor, he's going to fall down and sit there for 20 seconds. He's going to get back up and keep playing. But, no, he's playing at a great level. And you mentioned Frankie. I, I think that that's a good point, too. He gave them uh, a, a big spark there in that second half. Um, let's also, talk about Illinois. Oh, go ahead. Last point. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I've I've gotten, like, this, like, twice now, where someone has said that, you know, why, why didn't we get this guard over Devontae? Why didn't we get this guard over Devontae? The, when you say this, make sure you've watched that other guard that you're suggesting at least five games. Fair. Like at least five games. And then look at their numbers as well. Because I've been suggested two guards so far that if they played at Michigan with those numbers and the way that they played, like the slander would be at an all-time high for them. And then they'll be asking, why don't you get this other guy? Why didn't so, they get Devontae Jones? Right, right. Why, why, why didn't we get Devontae Jones? He's so good for so-and-so. He rebounded. He was the Sunbelt player of the year. Triple, he, he almost had a triple-double last game. You know, right. He's flirted with it like twice. Yeah. And I just want him to get one because I said it prior to the season. I was like, yo, don't be surprised if he gets one. So I need it for my narrative for him to, <laughs> for him to get one for sure. I love it. Yeah, no, his rebounding's great, and it's allowed them to get out and push Iowa. You know, they finally got out and transition a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Illinois, but before we do, I just want to mention Manscaped, our great sponsors. March Madness is almost here. Not everyone can have a perfect bracket, but you can have a perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsors of today's show. Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have just launched their ultra-premium collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head-to-toe with this all-in-one skin and hair kit to have your body and balls smelling Final Four fresh. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer, 
go to manscaped.com, use the promo code 20goblue, 20-G-O-B-L-U-E, which gives you 20% off and free shipping. This is a Cinderella story you're not going to want to miss. And you got the email the other day. We got a, this is your first package from Manscaped coming. Uh, are you excited to, uh, to be a part of this thing and, and get your products uh, all set up? I'm I am I am very excited, man. I'm about to have like two of the smoothest Wilson evolutions that you've ever seen in your life. Like. There you have it. So twenty go blue is the promo code there two zero G O B L U E twenty percent off and free shipping. Uh, so go and do that right now. Support our great sponsors, Manscaped. Um, let's talk Illinois. You you mentioned them. I mean, I, this is a veteran team. This is a team that has given Michigan trouble during the Juwan Howard era. Um, it's also a team that's lost three out of five, including to Rutgers, uh, including last night to Ohio State, even though they almost came back. Brad Underwood ejected. That seemed to inject uh, a little bit of life in that team. But looking through some of the numbers and having watched a few of those games over that stretch, like their defense doesn't look as good. And I know teams are hitting shots against them lately which is surprising because that's really what's given michigan fits especially in this matchup is that they make you play one-on-one kofi's at the rim you know it just kind of throws you off of what you're trying to do um so i guess just what have you seen from illinois lately and you know is this something where they're kind of trending down or is this just a couple games everyone has these blips on the big 10 you know on the radar i mean i mean look they're they are they are going to be a tough team no matter what, and I and I say that especially for Michigan because they have a Michigan has a matchup issue with them because of how they want to play, and when they play through Hunter, Illinois is one of those teams who don't need to double team because Kofi is what like seven percent body fat, seven feet tall. 300 pounds. He's a monster. I don't know how he's a real person. And he could like, and he could like move his feet very well. So like, so like it's, but, but, but Kofi hasn't played Hunter this year. And uh, one of Kofi's biggest weaknesses is guarding the pick and pop. Um, So Hunter hasn't been shooting the three great in the last couple games, but this is one of those games where he needs to, he needs to play like he did against Purdue in the first game. Yep. Where I'm not saying you're going to be jump shot happy, but get a really nice balance mix where you are doing you are doing pick and rolls hard, pick and pops hard, maybe even like a little like mid roll just to see what Kofi does. Um, but when it comes to pop situations, um, you had like Dean Ryber from Rutgers giving uh, Kofi the fits. And that's all because he was a more mobile big, right? Um, so they've lost three to the last five. So, but those have been the like good teams. That was at Purdue. Yep. Rutgers, who's on fire, and then, and then Ohio State. So, like at home, yeah, yeah, true. But like Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell are two pros. Um, it, Illinois doesn't have a pro, in my opinion. Uh, do they have guys who can go pro? Possibly. Uh, can Kofi go pro? 
possibly, but I'm talking about like Mal- Malachi Branham and EJ Liddell are are cats who can get to a, a second contract, in my opinion. I think Malachi Branham is that that dude is like a six five Karis Lavert. Uh, the, yeah. the way that the way that he plays the game and um, he's yeah he's, he's, he's moved up to a first rounder now I think you know over the last yeah. month he's 18 years old he doesn't turn 19 until May 13th I want to say till May I want to say jeez um for for those who think that's creepy I am I am <laughs> like I am like I talk to NBA draft people I talk to like 50 or 660 of them every single game like. All right, so I'm I'm looking at the looking at the draft thing now. The last message was projecting him at that weight does speak to his high upside though. Like this is how they talk the whole right. the whole so they talk about that about a bunch of prospects. Um I believe that was about Zion Cruz. But um we talked about Malachi Branham last night. We 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 thought about Malachi Branham this morning and it's that dude is a pro's pro, and Michigan doesn't have anybody like that. Um, they were able to play ISO. Like EJ Liddell, Malachi Branham, those are ISO cats. Like that's where they live is on an island to play ISO. When it comes to Michigan, they, they don't have that. They don't have someone who's, hey, go ISO right quick, um, where you see a clear advantage. Um, I think I'm not sure who's going to be on Devontae Jones, but I think they put Trent Frazier on Eli Brooks last time. Yeah, uh, I think Devontae has to abuse his matchup. I think he's going to be guarded by Plummer or Williams. Devontae has to be aggressive because Eli and, has struggled against against Frazier and a lot of guys do. I mean, he gets up in here. Right. Um, so that that's a tough matchup. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think the. Devontae has to be a little bit more um a little bit more pressing in this game for sure. I I agree. And it's tough though because one of the best things he does is he gets downhill and when he finishes at the rim, he usually gets there quick enough where no one else is there. Kofi's probably gonna be there. And he gets blocked a lot when a guy's there. He doesn't have the the ups, you know, that Frankie Collins has, um, or anything like that. So it's going to be tough. And if they go under screens on Devontae, he's one of his last 16 from three. He's got to. It's worse than game. that if you ex- if you extend it even more. It's like three for like 20, like mid-20s. Okay. Because, yeah, very, going, very back, going back before that, I think he hit two. But, yeah, it might have been like two or five or six. And then, Yeah, it is, it was, it's, it's been it's crazy. not good. Because it's he, he was good. improving. He was When teams were going under those, after the Minnesota game when they did it, yeah, the Minnesota game, they did it, and he just wasn't shooting them. And it was like, well, this offense isn't going to work if you're not going to take <laughs> what they're giving you. But yeah. then he started doing it and started hitting some of those, which he can when he's set. But now we're not seeing it anymore, and he's not shooting some. Uh, the offense has gotten a, a lot better. But I think that's an aspect that they still need him to be able to take advantage of. Um, yeah. Let's finish oh, with yeah. – uh, you, you got anything else Illinois-wise? Uh, Illinois wise, I don't have, I don't have, um, I don't have anything really when it comes to Illinois, um, outside of the fact that like, they're going to be ready to play, play this game. They always are. Yes. Um, 
It's a rivalry, according they, to them. Yeah. Yeah. They like they hate, like they hate, like they hate Michigan. They've lost twice in a row, twice now. Uh, Marquette, Cincinnati early, and Purdue, Maryland. Uh, that game at Maryland is weird. Like that, they got blown out in, in that game. I know. Um, it feels like a year. I don't ago, think though. they had Kofi. I'm not sure if they had Kofi, but um, but that was weird. That was a weird, weird game. Um, but losing three of their last five, when you are, you pretty much have like at least a Big Ten share in your hand, right? Uh, to lose three of the last five is brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, giving them a loss here, uh, not gonna lie. Uh, it's it's it will be a fun day on social media. It'll be a fun, <laughs> fun day. I know you have a good back and forth with the Illinois fans, so uh, oh, for sure, yeah, oh, for sure. never, never, ever cross the line, but oh, we for sure, we 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 pick fun at it at each other and. And uh, we have a good time. I'll say this. Whatever team loses and has to tweet the final score graphic, that the replies to that tweet are going to be crazy either way. I think people are oh, already starting sure. to prepare. People are already starting to prepare what they're going to be, what memes they're going to use and oh, stuff like that. Sure. I, I love that. Uh, Michigan, they got the better of everybody last year except Illinois because they were winning so much. And that kind of yeah. became a thing, I feel like, in the Big Ten. Uh, I want to finish with my Big Ten power rankings that – I kind of thought about yesterday. It took me about 10 minutes, so you know I don't want to say I put too much thought into it if, if anything's just crazy off here. But I want to get your reaction to what I have here. And I left – when I was doing this yesterday, I left the Ohio State-Illinois game as you know kind of a contingent. So Purdue at the top, Ohio State now in the two spot, Illinois three, Wisconsin four, Iowa five, Michigan six, Rutgers seven – Michigan State, eight. Maryland, nine. But I, I would knock them down now after they lost to Indiana. Uh, then I had Penn State, Minnesota, Indiana, Nebraska. I'd move Indiana up because they finally won a game. But they've, yeah. you know, the bottom's tougher to do, um, you know, because they're it's like the they're, they're losing all, all the time. And then they beat, like, one of the other bad teams. So, I guess you throw them yeah. ahead of whoever. But, yeah, I guess just your thoughts on how things are trending. And that kind of proves to me – Michigan's playing some pretty good ball now. They're in the top six. You could argue five maybe in the Big Ten, even though they're eighth in the standings. And uh, but man, if they win, you know, some of these games down the stretch, they could, you know, they could end up getting a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, which is crazy to think about yeah. the last time when Michigan was playing Illinois. Yeah. So the teams that they're tied with, they play again too. So they're they're right. tied at nine and seven against Iowa. Yep. Thank you. At against Iowa and against Michigan State, uh, and getting both those guys at home is going to be big. Uh, but yeah, they they can they can really slide into that sixth spot. But I want to get who plays because I think Wisconsin's going to end up like as the four. And what do they have to be to to play at four? Is it a five? They got to get to the five seed, right? I don't know if they if if they can get there to play Wisconsin. Yeah, so the five then plays the winner of the twelve thirteen, and then winner of that plays the four. Um, okay, okay, okay. Because I think it's going to come down to Walker. 
I think it's going to come down to Purdue Wisconsin's game because I believe they play, and that game was at Wisconsin. Um, it the first is game was yep. at Purdue on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's going to be a huge game. I think yes. that's going to tell, tell us who's going to win the Big Ten outright or at least get a share. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a huge, huge game. I uh, can't wait for, for that one. Um, I will be changing my Abby back to black and gold for that game. I'm just going to say. Um, but uh, you know what? You're you're not far off with your rankings. And uh, funny enough, uh, was, you know, that just shows you how – how good um, – kind of shows you how how good of a job Greg Gard has done at Wisconsin, honestly. Um, because outside of Michigan, that was my that was my top three. That was – it was going to be Purdue, Ohio State, um, Illinois were my, like, top teams outside of Michigan. Yep. And, and seeing – Seeing how things are kind of like coming together, they've assumed um, one of those spots. Yeah, yeah. Where I pretty much said that, hey, Michigan State is, in my opinion, more more so Indiana than Purdue, Illinois, and that's kind of what's kind of came to fruition here. Um, but um, I think this year, outside of a couple of an- anomalies, uh, pretty much went the way that everyone probably thought pretty much thought it would um i think minnesota played much better basketball than people thought i think they would have been more like in that nebraska range but mm-hmm. nebraska is super bad then i saw that it was reported hoiberg's coming back so good yeah. for him you know they're never gonna fire a coach i think <laughs> i don't know why they let go of tim miles like he took tim a pay miles, cut. yeah i know i and i like tim miles and um, i think he understood nebraska Yes. That's the thing. Not every coach understands their situation. Tim Miles was not one of those guys. Tim Miles understood Nebraska. He got Nebraska back to the tournament. Um, Nebraska is the only high majors team, high major school, to never win a tournament game. And you fire him, the one who understands your program, like the one who flipped your program. Yep. The one who had like what they were like top five in the conference. Like you had Taran Petaway and like you got some really badass transfers, man. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I saw it the other day. He had this one guy, I um oh, I think his name is like James Palmer or something. Something Palmer Jr. And he was averaging like twenty a game, and killing, and like that team did really well. And you know that was the the team that beat Michigan by like twenty. And then their fans are going to put that on their resume for the rest of their and, and lives. Then Michigan beat them in the Big Ten tournament, right? By nineteen, yep. Because Michigan hadn't seen switching, and once Beeline saw it, though the switching defense, really no one had done it to him all year. Once he saw it. Yeah. Boom! Exposed them in the in the Big Ten tournament, but I completely agree. What what is Nebraska doing? They're going to be the first team to finish one and nineteen in Big Ten play. It looks like, which is really which is under Fred Georgetown. Hoiberg. He's not Georgetown. Georgetown is going to be winless, right? The Big They're zero and sixteen. They're zero and sixteen. They've got four games left, or or two, 
Um, he's but done. they are they are in they are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Georgetown is in absolute trouble. Um, then you have Oregon State. They've won three games all year. That's three. insane. And they were a tournament. Well, they made the Sweet Sixteen, right? Yes. Or Elite Eight. Sweet Sixteen. Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Yeah, so teams be uh I don't know, man. Patrick Ewing for Georgetown, it's like they had that run in the Big East tournament, but that was probably not indicative of the rest of his tenure. If you look at his record outside of that run, it's crazy. It's bad. I think he he, he was like I think he was like 19 and 14 one year, but I mean, just oh my goodness. Like he has been a he has been abysmal. And right now, I gotta go back and I gotta check their last few 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 games because that was the last that was that was one thing I haven't done yet. Uh, six and twenty-one, the last three. Oh my goodness, they're they're not gonna win. Ain't no way. They play at home against UConn, ranked UConn. Loss. They go to Seton Hall. Loss. They go to Xavier. L. Do you see a win? No. I don't see a win. They haven't won in 71 days. They haven't won since playing Howard on December 15th. Did you tweet that the other day? I saw that. Yesterday I did. Yes. Okay, so that was, so was 72 days, actually. actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> they only have one high major win. That was against Syracuse. And Syracuse is abysmal this year. Um, that San Diego State team that Michigan beat by 14, mm-hmm. they lost two by, I believe, 17. Jeez. They are not they lost to Dartmouth 69 to 60. I think that set everything off. Yeah. That set everything off. But yeah, well, his his contract is weird because I think he got extended. Hoiberg? I think, I think or, he got extended. Or you uh Pat Ewing. Okay. But but they were bad. And then Oregon State, like that guy, pretty much saves his job by, yeah. like, luckily winning a few games late because the because the Pac-12, even though they did well in the tournament, like they weren't very good last year, right? Um, and then you have, um, three total games. Oregon State has won three total games. Do you, do you know how hard that is? Like you, you almost have to like try. Not to win those games, right? And they're by games. And I, yeah, and I think they won. I think they won one. I think they won one. Um, one Pac-12 game. One Pac-12 game, and that's it. It's crazy. But I do know it's getting late, though. I'm not. I do know it's getting late, but um, yeah, they they've lost. Oregon State lost to. They lost to Samford, Princeton, Tulsa, UC Davis, Nichols. I mean, they are down bad. Like they, they are down bad. They they may be able to split against Washington State because because they're playing back to back on February twenty eighth and at March and on March third. Games games like that are are the ones that you can steal right because you play them so so like close. 
they may they might steal one of those. It's like the Michigan Purdue thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, exactly. Well, we, we got to end it there. I got to hop on with Saudi Washington here on his pre, uh, Zoom press conference. But there's your Pac-12 talk. There's your Big East talk. Talking about the two worst teams in the high majors. I am knee, I am knee deep in everything. I, I got That's it. why he's worth a follow because you you keep me up to date on the rest of the college basketball world. So follow Ant at its right. Ant Wright on Twitter. Uh, support our sponsors, Manscaped, and we will see everyone next time. Smooth evolution balls, baby. <laughs>